0: Welcome to the Nourish Your Potential podcast. My name is Kushla Holdaway and I am a registered and accredited sports dietitian based in beautiful New Zealand. I am so glad you have joined me on this podcast where we will discuss science, sports nutrition, running and physiology alongside interviews with athletes, experts and other health professionals. Whether you are listening to this podcast during your commute, your training session or whilst cooking up a storm in the kitchen, You can be reassured information is discussed in a thought-provoking, evidence-based and easy-to-understand manner so that you have more tools in your nutrition toolbox to be your best self. i'm here with richard greer this morning to talk all things endurance coaching and team cp and actually very topical his own journey with coast to coast which as we're recording this is a few days after it has been cancelled for the two-day events which is super disappointing so richard how are you managing that given you were both competing it and in it yourself as a competitor and you also coached so many athletes to get them ready for that start line
1: Personally, um, yeah, not too bad. I, I guess it was one of those funny ones, really, wasn't it? Like, and before Christmas, if you'd had, uh, you'd probably pick that it was probably going to struggle just with the situation, but then uh, everything was fine. And then you hear start hearing whispers the previous week about, oh, actually, hang on a second. And then, then there's different things that come out, and then all of a sudden on Monday it's cancelled. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a quick turnaround from. from Feeling pretty good about it all to to not doing it anymore. And I guess from my perspective, it's it's kind of frustrating that I, like I don't get to test myself because I think I'm probably as fit or going as well as I have for a long time, really, just with the summer we've had and and everything. But on the other hand, like I'm okay with it. It's it's okay. It is what it is. Um, and I think. Probably the main reason for me for that is just that I don't feel like I've kind of missed out on family stuff, um, and we've or we've, we've, we've sacrificed life to have to train for it. I sort of feel like I'm able to kind of squash training in, fit it around on busy days, do um, plan some missions here and there, kind of thing to do some bigger days, and, and the family sort of are, are down with that. And so, so I think without having to sacrifice too much, I'm okay. I think it's those people that have that have sort of put life on hold a little bit more and now if they've got nothing to show for it, those, those are the ones that maybe are battling a little bit more. But, yeah, I, th- I think I'm okay. It's, it's just as it's what it is really and we'll, we'll look at the next thing and line up another adventure and, and go and have a crack at that. Mm.
0: Yeah, great attitude. Mm. And, uh, I mean, we should probably introduce you a little bit more, but as a coach I can imagine it's very hard to process that from your own perspective of competing but also dealing with all your clients mm. who you work with in the lead up to Coast to Coast as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think um, like we've talked about, and and uh, the Glen with the event talks about as well. It's the the event is a celebration, in the end it's the fun bit to do to bring it all together. Um, there's not sort of the underlying bottom line. Hey, I've ticked that off and done it, but it's the adventures along the way, um, that are the key things. So I think I think a lot of people really appreciate and understand that. So that kind of makes it easier as well. Um. I think for, for those that are doing the event, um, there's going to be um, pretty awesome actually because they're going to have, instead of three to six months of kayaking, they're going to have 18 months and cycling. Those that have just learned to ride their bike in bunches, well, they're going to be completely sorted with another year under their belt. They're gonna be, it's going to be a fantastic event next time round if you look at it from that perspective mm-hmm. um, with all those skills that people have learned over the last little while
0: yeah yeah more time to prepare but also just keeping that motivation up for another 12 months
1: (laughs) yeah that's right that's right so yeah there'll be some negotiations going on I'm sure on some around some kitchen tables and um but yeah it's just a matter of it's a long way off yet so we'll just sort of do some other stuff and sort of pick that up later on and and, uh have another look at it so yeah, yeah we'll we'll yeah, it's just part of the picture and part of the part of the fun, and I, I like I enjoy being part of it, and that's why I'm sort of doing the two day opposed to the longest day because it's that's where the people are, the fun's at. Um, that's where you can actually race rather than doing a big time trial against everybody else. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's it's a it's a really fun weekend and fun to be a part of. So I think we're all going to feel a little bit lost on the the 11th and 12th of February of uh, compared to what we have. I don't know. I've been involved in since like. 2001 was my first time I did it so yes and the only times I missed it on some capacity I haven't done it every year but supported and all that sort of stuff was a couple of years we were overseas so yeah it's a it's a pretty cool pretty cool thing to do and to be a part of and and um, with lots of fun positive people.
0: Well so you've been involved in it since 2021 and this year was meant to be their 40 year anniversary so you've been involved with it pretty much half the time they've been running
1: yeah. So twenty. So two thousand and one was the first year. So so I guess I started training for it in two thousand. Yeah. Two thousand, which is my. I got quite a bit of jet from my kayak helmet. <laughs> um, that was actually secondhand. Uh, what was that in two thousand? So it's the nineteen nineties kite The visors I'm still solid. I'm still happy with it. But people sort of thought that wasn't up to standard. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, yeah, I've yeah, been involved in it for a little while, and um, and yeah, it's still it, it's still a challenging place to be. But it's I think one of the best things about coast to coast talking about that is it just allows people to experience and. Uh, almost get into the outdoors, learn some outdoor skills and and see the mountains and Arthur's Pass and all those great areas, which hopefully opens up other areas and other places to explore as well, um, which is pretty cool.
0: With that kayak helmet, were you going to use the new one we all got you for Christmas?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I'd better. It was after Fiona, like she was, uh, she helped support us last year, and she was a bit nervous about the fact that it would um, miss scrutineering. Um, <laughs> so it was more, it was not so much for me because I think my card was perfectly fine, but it was more the stre- the decrease the stress of the support crew to see if they could get it through um, was the key thing. So yep, no, that was definitely on the cards. Yeah. It was awesome. yep.
0: <laughs> so let's Sorry. rewind a little bit and I want to know a little bit more about you. So. Mm-hmm. I guess tell us way back like um what you sort of studied at university and how you got to where you are now like how you came up with Team CP and what led you to wanting to be an endurance coach.
1: Yeah, that's a long time ago all of a sudden. Um so yeah, it feels like all of a sudden because things happen fast, don't they? So Yeah, went to uni and did um, did uh, was a bachelor of phys ed back then. I don't think it even exists any longer. And uh, did a double degree in science with exercise physiology and and human physiology, so how the systems and the body works, etc. So um, spent five years studying, um, and within that time, sort of, I guess. uh, Well, I used to play rugby at school, uh, but got a, a Broke my leg on a tramping trip when um so seventh formal year thirteen, and then um, so I didn't have much of a the year then, and then then uh, got quite a nasty head injury um, that same year as well. So that sort of put me back from any of that sort of stuff. Didn't didn't play, and then um, then sort of, I guess in first year you get fat because you drink too much and you don't do any exercise so much, and then so I started doing some running, and, and the Three Peaks Challenge was my first event down in dunedin so i did that and as part of training for that so we met a few others that were doing the coast to coast and that was like oh i don't think i could ever do that that's amazing people that people that do that so and but then it kind of evolved i started i was going to be the kayaker so and um i was actually doing a little bit of sea kite guiding at the same time so sort of part of that um basically um i got sort of written on a piece of paper to say i was up to standard to to be able to, to paddle the river um, did some stuff with the university kayak club, so so that's kind of how that side of things evolved. Um, and then when I went, I we moved up to Christchurch and um, and got a, a job with the Canterbury University Sports Science Centre and within the gym and we're doing some testing um, of people. So I did that and as part of that sort of did some coaching as well of people doing various endurance events. Um, and then went overseas for a couple of years, it, what was that, 2005, 06. Um, and then when I come back, people were still asking me to help them out and help them um, with coaching and things. So did, yeah, did log stay and all those sorts of things. So when I got back, it's like, well, maybe I actually need to get this thing sorted properly is what the sort of first idea was. So sort of set up a, a bit of a business plan and a, and a business, um, Lindsay Day from Dunedin helped me do that. And, and sort of got underway, and um, yeah, sort of slowly built from there. At the same time, I was teaching for the Southern Institute of Technology, teaching their uh, personal training course, so involved in sort of the, the fitness and, and learning, and, and it was an adult teaching course as well, which is really cool. So I felt like I was learning as much off them as I was um, them off me, sort of thing, and, and I guess it's all those um, teaching, communication, education sort of skills, which are pretty awesome. So did that, and then and then kind of did, this, did both jobs on the side for... Was all, it was pretty much 10 years um, all up teaching that course and basically got to the end of that and really felt like I'd mastered it and and I, and then during that time also um, Tasha and I were having a family the, the kids and things so that was there was no risk with, within the coaching side of things it was just doing it was effectively doing two jobs at the same time but it meant that I could pay the mortgage through the SIT job and then really felt like like okay well, she was going back to work. Um, and then, then do I do something completely different or do I give this TCP thing a, a good crack and see how I could make it go? So really for the, I mean it's not easy, the late nights and the blood, sweat and tears and things you put into a, into a business actually felt like I needed to go and give it a good crack and see what we could actually do with it. And then so we've been full time in it since 2016, I think it is something like that. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of evolved and evolved ever since, really. So, yeah, that's kind of the, the journey and how things have, um, how things have been to, to get to where we are now.
0: Mm, wow, and what a fantastic yeah. business you now have. I mean, Team CP is just awesome, and I think the the great thing about Team CP is, you know, everyone's included and there's such a nice community vibe with everything.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one thing, like, if, for example, like our group ride that we did last night, like, it's it's... Like people don't come for me; they come for the other person that they're going to meet, sort of thing as well. It's not just about the leaders and the coaches; it's about the people together mm-hmm. and 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 different levels, both faster people, slower people, whatever whatever people are into. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, really, that that inclusiveness is super important. But also, likes of you, Krishna working working with experts like yourself and bringing bringing um, people experts to be able to, to be able to. I guess the vision in it was actually when I also worked in that high performance sport area and seeing how, how athletes were looked after and the different services from physio to nutrition nutrition to, um, to uh, mental skills coaching to science and all that sort of stuff, bringing all that together and allowing normal people, yeah, us, people that have got jobs and doing life kind of thing, the same kind of support and network that, that an elite athlete would expect to see how good they can be. So, so that's still the vision, vision and still sort of continuing to work on that that sort of uh, group and and that coaching network as well as sort of building that community of people along the way. Mm. Mm. Very
0: cool. So when did you actually, when was Team CP born?
1: Oh, so 2006. So we were Complete Performance back in the day and then evolved into Team CP. So Complete Performance was really out of the fact of, that's kind of the goal. Like It doesn't matter if you win or lose, but if you can say that you absolutely nailed it, you put all the things together. And I guess that coast to coast is where I started. I've done road racing events and mountain biking and triathlon and all those sorts of things. But but that event is there's so many different things that can actually go wrong. To say that you've had that complete performance is pretty hard to actually say that you've nailed it. So mm-hmm. um, So that was kind of where it started, but then it was actually just too hard to say. <laughs> that was one of the key things. So, so TMCP is so sort of rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. So then we sort of edited it and rebranded to that. Um, I don't know how long ago that was. Probably seven, or eight years ago now.
0: And in there, you have a bit of a claim to fame, don't you? Because way back in the day, I'm not sure the year was it maybe 2014. You worked with Braden Curry in his longest day. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he called me up. I think I was teaching it. That, that it was sort of in a, in a lunch break or something like that at the time, and asked if I could coach him. And um, oh, I was pretty busy. I'm <laughs> not sure. Uh, we had to have a bit of a <laughs> bit of a just suss out how we could make it work because yeah, you 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 want to make sure that you can make it work with everybody. So yeah, had a bit of a chat with him and and sort of what his goals were and things like that. And yeah, it was really cool actually. And and, and have a great relationship with Braden. he's awesome. Um, and 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 uh, sort of to cheer him on so yeah it was really cool sort of i guess it was a lot of that foundation type stuff in terms of helping him become an athlete uh and thinking like an athlete and putting some of those things foundation stuff in place which is really cool and uh yeah he, uh, and it was i think he got third the first year and longest day and then then won a couple sort of thing and then sort of has branched out in triathlon a bit more so um so he's uh evolved and, and learned stuff from a number of different coaches since then so yeah he's it goes really well and, and is still going super well, which is awesome.
0: Very, very cool. Yeah. Mm. And you mentioned back that you have actually attempted Longest Day. I don't know if I knew that.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I got fourth in the Longest Day oh, back, in, back, in wow. the, back in the old days. Um, so, yeah, it was, I probably wouldn't say it was a complete performance as I did that, but I, um, <laughs> yeah, a few different things went wrong from, uh, from the support crew not really realizing i was going to do as well on the run i left my cycling shoes there and then um oh. then my seat uh needed to be dropped down a little bit so asked and, and forgot to tell them before i jumped in the kayak so thought about it for the whole time and then told my brother to whip up the hill to to fix my seat please just drop it down a little bit and the excitement of it all i think it was fifth at the time um didn't see anybody in the whole river section just paddled basically by myself i thought i saw someone ahead at one point and then uh, he, as he as he tried to um, uh, change the seat height, he threaded the bolt. So basically, my seat went down to like fifteen centimeters, or it was pretty much down as low as it could go, which wasn't a good look. And then basically, I was thinking I was going to have to ride the whole way to Christchurch standing up. Um, and then in the in the in the chaos of that, uh, I was going to put a uh, Camelback hydration bladder on my back. Um, rode away without that. So I've got. Uh, the, uh, I had made on bike shoes rather than my road shoes because I was still back in Club that Corner then I had no drink and I had a seat that was broken and thinking I was going to have to stand up the whole way so basically I but I was in quite good shape I'd eaten and drank quite well on the kite so I thought that I'd just have to go and sprint this and get this done as quickly as I can because I'm not going to be up here very long it's going to be ugly so I managed to um managed to um snaffle a drink of uh, a bottle from someone along the way and uh, managed to kind of sit off the back of my seat a little bit and uh Actually, passed a guy on the edge of Christchurch and managed to get fourth, and sort of that was that was sort of a big tick in the box. And that was just before we went overseas. So, so, and and one of those ones that, yep, yeah, I've trained well, I've done well, I think I've uh, I've, I've took that off. So, hadn't really felt the need to go back to it, but probably now, as an old man, probably could think that I could uh, go and have another crack. And maybe I should have entered this time around because there's still a chance that it might actually happen when they haven't made a call on whether that's going to go ahead yet
0: yeah still nervously waiting mm. Mm. yeah that's right I
1: guess like the two days what I've done the last couple of years yeah. uh and probably getting back into doing it competitively and one of the reasons for doing that is really it's just get to be involved in the event and with the with the, a lot of the people we coach kind of thing and and the social element as well as as a key part of it so I, I, like if you can do the longest day I feel happy with that it's more it's more that's where sort of the the, the environment and the and the buzz and the fun factor is at with the two day.
0: I think it's about time you had another crack at the longest day, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, the same. Maybe, maybe, maybe. The knees are still good at this stage, so um, still tipping away. So, yeah, yeah. No, I think at some point we might have another go at that. Maybe when I click over 50. That's a few years ago. <laughs> years <away. Is> it? <laughs> well, It's all about burgling the age group.
0: Um, with... With all the things that can go wrong in any type of adventure race like coast to coast, you can train all you like, but there's always those things that can just happen. With your experience in races and coast to coast, have you ever had bad experiences with nutrition?
1: Yeah, yeah, I have nutrition. Nutrition is an interesting one and and you kind of have to learn it over time. Um, But I think even then you have to make it up as you go along a little bit because you're never quite sure how you're going to feel on any particular day. But probably my worst ever experience in any race was the Southern Traverse back then. It's God's own now. Um, And basically... Yeah, a number of things that didn't go to plan, but basically, I'd made like, like just normal food basically. And this was what was this, 2003 or so back in the day. It was around Dunedin, up in the back in the hills in Dunedin. And the team was going really well. We were up into second and almost first and things like that um, across a tricky navigation stage out in the back. But um, I made a sort of casseroles and bits and pieces. And the and, um, uh, uh, support crew, Low like was supported back then as well, um, basically sent us i I like that the support crew threw that out so i didn't have that to eat anymore so that wasn't very good and then um sort of had just the food thing went completely wrong so i just completely was shot to bits i couldn't i was getting towed sort of walking up sort of gentle hills and things like that and uh and ended up being having to have a sleep had a sleep got up in the morning had some of the insure I think we had just because I was like just have to get something in my stomach and then pretty much threw it back up. So that was very good and then walked along the ridgeline the next day for a bit and and I think it was four of us in a one man tent um as it was snowing and things and then got up from that and threw up again and then basically that was it. So basically it was it was the food that I planned wasn't the right food, sort of thing, and we and and as a result of that got it was really just a gastrointestinal shutdown. Like no, there was no nothing in there, and there was too much in there, and then it was coming back up again. So that was a really big learning and a really big learning around around the team, around adventure racing, around making sure that everybody's got the same goals. Like a couple of us just wanted to see if we could survive and finish it, whereas a couple of us and the team wanted to see if they could win it. So so there was that sort of disconnect a little bit, um, and and it's still the most negative experience of any racing or any anything I've ever done. Uh, and that sort of thing so um, yeah that's probably my worst ever nutrition experience because it wasn't pretty but um, yeah yeah
0: oh that sounds horrific what doesn't kill you makes you stronger (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's right, and I think that whole adventure racing thing, that's definitely one learning, is just that, that make sure you're on the same page, and that's something that I sort of try and share with people when they're doing their first spring challenge or first uh, sort of god zone, those sorts of things, just make sure you're there for the same reasons, because if, if you think you are, you, you, you probably are, but, but, you, but if you're not, you'll definitely find out in the heat of the moment when everyone's tired and have had enough and, and want to go home.
0: Yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think once you get into those, you know, stages where your stomach's playing up and you're vomiting, you can't keep anything down, it, it's really hard to come back from that whilst you're still trying to compete in an event, isn't it? Like it's, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah pretty no, really it's. it's it, yeah, that's right. And I think in hindsight, I could have, uh, like, get some sports drink in, just take it super slow, don't worry about rushing it, just kind of keep keep moving forward. Um, so I think I would have, uh, knowing what I know now, would have dealt with it much differently. Mm. And just do light little things. Don't don't worry about the big massive sort of food sort of thing to do. And and make sure it's, it's just plenty of different variety. I think that's the key thing with any level of sport nutrition is is variety. And even if you're doing sports drink, have a couple of different flavors. Mm. That even that that works well. So. So just keep moving forward, keep ticking along, and I think it would have been much better if I I'd, if I'd had just done that and probably would have got through that horrible patch. Not, not, it wouldn't have mattered where we were at, but I'm sure we would have come back and probably finished quite strong if we could have just got that, through that. But, but, but by the time I'd thrown up a few times, that was sort of uh, kind of the team call just to say, well, actually, we'll just pull out as a result of that. And that was back in the day that they didn't they didn't sort of encourage people uh, to to finish or join up with other teams if, if one person drops, the whole team's out, so that sort of made it a bit harder at, in that time as well. So, yeah, all learning, all learning, and, and better for it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And with events now like Coast to Coast, thinking that, you know, pretending it is going ahead when it was meant to, what was your plan of attack from a nutrition point of view?
1: How would I do that over the over the couple of days? Yeah,
0: like I know we've talked about it a bit together, but for those listening, what what are sort of your go to, you know, foods and what do you use during the run?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, like for me, I would have a sports drink on my bike, a couple of bottles, and try and get through sort of one and a half of those. Um, so be well hydrated, and then also get through a bar on that bike ride as well. So so finishing that, and then basically being in good shape off the bike ride and then but really the way that I do the mountain run is really just try and eat gels like the lollies just sort of throw them down but I've in the last year or so I ended up putting them in like a soft flask so the whole like a basically a big a lot of them so because the wrappers are a pain in the butt to try and deal with so I actually put them there and um and squeeze them and as I go and, and you can sort of know how much you've got left and I find you can actually, I actually end up having more I'm when I'm doing it that way and then just make sure like the main issue I find with with gels is you end up not having enough water with them and that makes your stomach turn upside down so the one thing about that particular course is that there's water everywhere so you can have enough water with the gels as you do it so that works really well Um, so lots of lots of water and lots of gels and that's about it that's all I do basically because I'm puffing too much and also my day with the two day finishes it there and um, in terms of the length of time, so I'm probably doing, I don't know, sure, maybe five and a half hours or um, that. So I find for me, I need to have something solid to eat from five and a half to sort of six hours. Uh, and if I'm going any more than that, I'll need to have something solid. Otherwise, I'll just start to get actually hungry. And if I'm getting hungry, I'm probably not going to be going very well. So, so that's sort of just within that time that I really don't need to eat anything so much solid on that that run. So that's that, and then just basically um, eat as much like. It's an eat-a-thon after that for the rest of the day, (laughs) eat as much as I can.
0: I remember Um, last year at Klondike, I think I just saw you eating non-stop until you went to bed.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that's the goal. And, and whatever, like everything's, everything's on offer. There's no, there's not time to say, oh, no, that's a bad food. I shouldn't eat that. It's like, just, just get into it if you feel like it. And you do end up sort of going, oh, actually, I don't really feel like anything much anymore. So, so yep, just grazing away. And then and then in the kayak, I've generally, I've got to, I basically just drink my nutrition. So having a sports drink and a, and a sort of um, a, a bit of meal replacement type drink, like I just use the um, the pure recovery formula works quite well because it's pretty high in energy. But that, and the reason for that is I don't. Ha- it's hands free, and then it fills me up a little bit because you just a- again start to get hungry towards the end. Um, and then, and then on the bike I'll just do sports drink again. I've I've taken bars and bits and pieces in the past, but never ate them because they're always too dry. I might have a baby food. that are quite good because mm-hmm. they're just something different and zesty. It's not so much for the for the nutrition, more just for something a bit different. Um, so yeah, and that's kind of it.
0: Mm. So
1: relatively simple um, for me in terms of how how I end up doing that.
0: But that's it, isn't it? A lot of people overcomplicate nutrition sometimes, and it's best just to keep it simple. Um, you know, keep the foods you know. Mm doesn't need to be over complicated and generally it yeah it goes pretty well and yeah that's right with the speed you do it like in that first day you know if you're sort of taking five and a half hours for the ride and the run i mean you're done by lunchtime
1: <laughs> yeah that's right exactly so it's lunchtime so yeah. and it's it's, it's different for what other people will do and uh yeah but i guess within that um, what I've done in the past is had like different gels and different flavours of gels, so you're not sure which one you're going to pull out. So that helps team morale when you don't want to be there anymore kind of thing, just to go, oh, what's this flavour? Oh, it's a raspberry one. Oh, I like those ones. Oh, oh, damn it, it's a raspberry one. Damn it, I have to have it now sort of thing. I hope the next one's going to be good. But nowadays I'll just sort of throw them all in a, in a, in a soft flask and just swish them down. And it, it is what it is as it goes. So, yeah, that's right. It's, uh, keep it simple and, and just keep it going and and, um, and uh, just make sure you're drinking and, and while you're having it at the same time because again that hydration thing is is super key and i think that's the the, the that, that's the thing that to get right first and then the nutrition fueling side of things is making sure you're you're getting some getting some variety there to, to get that one done mm. as, a, as a secondary thing mm.
0: definitely yes and with coast to coast what's your favorite discipline in there
1: that's a good question I like i think i like all of them but i think that all i just like all of them as well at various times because because each of them get hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. like the 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 rapids and the rock gardens and things are quite fun like you're quite enthusiastic at that stage i like the like the running downhill that's good fun sort of thing but then along the flat at the end i probably don't really enjoy that very much because you just sort of have to kind of go hard i I'm really fun in the say that in the race last year when we're in a bunch at the start of the race and the, the sun was coming up and we we're cruising on this big downhill and everyone's saying, yee-haw, how good is this sort of thing. Um, so I guess the probably I, I think that's the thing with that race opposed to other races for me. Like I can kind of do each discipline reasonably well, but I'm actually not any good at either of them any of them. Like I'm not really a good cyclist if you compare to me to cyclists or runners. I'm pretty average running, but if you can put them all together I sort of go, Okay. So in terms of I'd say there's not one discipline. There's probably parts of each discipline that I enjoy, but then also parts of each discipline that I don't like very much either. So, yeah, it's a, a, a,
0: yeah. Many people Um, listening, I think, would disagree saying you're fairly average.
1: <laughs> I guess when you compare to actual cyclists and actual mountain bikers and actual kayakers and actual runners, I'm sort of uh, just kind of average. But yeah, put them all together and, and sort of uh, go okay. It's as funny when you do a bike race and you're like, if I could just get off and run, I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could uh, beat you here. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's good. Good to. Uh, I guess I've got a shorter attention span, so having a, doing a little bit of each works quite nicely.
0: Yeah. Keeps the mix in there. Yeah. No, I, think, <laughs> right. I think you're a pretty awesome athlete. So with your training, how do you fit it all in? Because you are so busy, you work with lots of people, you have your own business, you have four kids. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you balance all that?
1: Yeah, I think it's, uh, uh, life balance is something that you don't, like it comes and goes. Sometimes you're like, "Yeah, I'm nailing it." And other times, you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm completely <laughs> upside down and whatever angle kind of thing." And, and and the different elements of your life. So it's not something that I really say that I'm nailing all the time, but I sort of it's a, it's always a constant work on. Um, yeah, I guess there's a few different things that I try and do. Just to, I think number one with any fitness thing for a start. Just speaking of that, is, is it's about consistency mm-hmm. um, and doing a little bit kind of most days. And I've got my 15 minute rule that I sort of use and sort of try and share with with actually 15 minutes is a minimum amount of time to call a session a session so sometimes i'll i'll go for a run around the block i won't get changed i'll just go and i'll give it as much as i can i'll come back huffing and puffing and feel good about that like um and that's all i've got a chance to get done but i think we can all fit 15 minutes in somewhere somehow so that's probably the the foundation base base of it all and then and then it's a matter of um, negotiating on the family calendar, sort of getting closer to an event, whatever that event might be. To um, to say, okay, I'm gonna gonna be up early, and I'm gonna be up for a few hours here, sort of thing, and, and looking to kind of simulate that that event, um, and do some sort of longer stuff. Um, yeah, so I guess it's. It's about communication, is the first thing with with family and and Tasha, my wife, she's awesome, and and the kids, and making sure that that you're there when they need them to be for for sport and tennis and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and but also trying to incorporate them into it as much as we can as well. Like we just over the weekend, just being we rode the West Coast Wilderness Trail um, as a family, which is super cool. Um, with with Tasha's an e bike, we have got a couple of tow lines for the for for a couple of kids as they need it fletch you seven sort of push them along and kind of thing so um so it works quite well and everybody can kind of work to the level that they want to work within like right at the end of the trail uh there's a oh, it's about 10 k's of straight in the lead into ross and it's kind of uphill and another three k's into ross as you get off the off the straight bit and uh nato who's 13 went past uh past me and I knew he was sort of trying to race me a bit and I'm pushing Fletch and I've got Bella behind me she's on the tow line and we're just like we're just trying trying to get this done now and um and uh yeah working as hard as I possibly can to try and catch him I'm not really catching him he's probably getting away but enjoying the fact that he is and uh and trying to race him to the finish line so yeah I'll take that off as training but also but also some fun family stuff at the same time
0: yeah what an awesome thing to do with the family Mm. very cool
1: yeah, no, it's super cool, and just just have adventures together, isn't it? That's that's the key thing: getting out and about and, and sharing some of that. And sometimes it's not not the the fastest or exactly right is what you maybe want to do, but 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 it's just I guess going back to that thing with, with events being cancelled. As as long as you don't feel like you're sacrificing and putting life on hold, then it's probably okay. Um, rather than rather than being too upset about it.
0: And I think it brings it back to the basics too, like why are we doing this? And actually, if you do it because you love it, then yeah, the event's great and it certainly feels good to cross the finish line. But at the end of the day, we're generally doing these sports because, you know, we want to improve our health or we want to, you know, see how hard we can push ourselves or, you know, meet people along the way. So there's a lot more to it. And I think, you know, that adventure part of it and having the family involved too, I think that just is a good reminder of there's a lot of other reasons we do what we do.
1: Yeah, that's right. It is. It is about relationships, isn't it? This is about the people. It's about the the shared experience that you can sort of laugh about afterwards. If you're always doing things by yourself, or or uh, then you sort of haven't got anyone to sort of um, share the fact that the that that I um, my tire fell off halfway down the hill and and um, and then I then I hit the hay and, and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I think um, using this time uh, as a chance to reflect is, is good when maybe the, those events aren't aren't so easy to get to at the
0: moment mm. and from your own lived experience of balancing you know family and business and everything else i you know a lot of people you work with who also have to balance all that i can imagine really respect that you understand exactly what it's like when you're coaching them and you know they might not get many training sessions completed in the week but hey you know do what you can 15 minute rule like how, how do you deal with that with um people you coach who you know aren't getting many sessions ticked off
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're this amazing training plan don't you like it's the best training plan ever like yeah i know that and then you come back and like, oh oh what have you done <laughs> well I've done this and that yeah like oh, damn I've put so much effort into that oh I think it's um like that like we have a sort of rank one two three rule I think that's quite important just to know that this is the key session for the week and can you get that done as a priority I think that's important um and yeah that 15 minute rule I think is is important as well and, and I think there's life happens and it's not always perfect but as long as people are putting an effort in um, then that's the most important thing um, and then if it all is it does all go upside down well then hey the communication around that is super important I think that's the key thing with with our coaching is that it's as long as as long as we're in touch and and um, if things are going badly well let's know about it but if things are uh, going great guns, let's, let's hear about that as well. I think if, if that communication is good, then then that's, that's okay. Um, and I think it's, it's just trying to make sure that whatever plan and, and, and guidance we give, it's something that um, people can do. Like We can write the best plan in the world, but if someone can't do it, there's no point in doing it, is it? It's, it's making sure that we try and get it as realistic as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also educating, I think, is the other part of it like that rank one, two, three thing. I think if people understand why they're doing a session and what they're trying to get out of that session, then they're more likely to do it and, and make the most of those training sessions too. So so that's super key just in terms of writing a normal persons the way we talk and and, and and trying to educate and explain as we go in both those so it's coaching sort of call catch up mm. sessions and then also within the descriptions of what we're trying to do as well.
0: Mm. Would you say people not completing their sessions or that time management side of things is the biggest challenge you'd see for the people you work with? Or what would you say is?
1: Is the biggest challenge? Mm. Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, um, yeah, and, and and often, I think often a lot of any endurance event, they're a big job. And I think, I think... Like, if you look at my training versus a lot of others, like, I don't actually do much. Like, I've got a six-hour rule. Like, I'm a watch it has got a little counter for six hours. It's kind of my job to see if I can get six hours of training done a week, Mm -hmm. most weeks, sort of thing. So, so, and And then, uh, yeah, coming coming into sort of key times, I'll sort of do some simulation-type sessions, which will push it higher than that quite easily anyway. But I think, first of all, I think a lot of people probably train more than what they need to. Um... And do longer than what they need to as well. So just in terms of in terms of that time management being a key thing, actually, how what do you actually need to do? So I think that's a key thing to think about. Um, and and yeah, like I think we do as part of that coaching education side of things, it's it's teaching some of those time management skills are super important and to make sure that we can actually fit the training in and it and it fits with life. Bit commuting, for example, uh, rather than having to try and find extra time to try and to try and do our training. So, yeah, I think that is that is super key, and I think it is probably one of the biggest challenges for signing up with uh, any endurance event because of can I actually fit this in, and is it too much um, focus and energy and um, and time away? Mm.
0: Hmm. Would you say for people listening, and you've probably had this question from lots of those who you work with, pre race nerves? Something I personally also struggle mm-hmm. with. I you know yeah. feel quite sick leading up to events, just excitement mm-hmm. and nerves. How? Yeah. What would you, what would be your tips to those who feel really nervous before races, and how do you deal with your own pre race nerves?
1: Yeah, I think having a plan is really important for a start. So having a plan of how you're going to do the event. So then it's not what's going to happen it's it's actually i'm going to do the first bit and that's and then i'm going to do the second bit and then i'm going to do that and then i'm going to do this and this is what my nutrition is going to be this is how i'm going to pace myself this is this is what will go wrong because all we'll that might go wrong because things do go wrong so i know how to deal with it because I've, I've i've changed the tire and training etc so having a plan for the event is first of all really important and then you can and then you can stand on the start line going okay well i've i've, I've done the training. Um, Well, I've done as much training as I can. Um, It is what it is. And I've got this plan. I'm just going to try and execute this plan as best as I possibly can. Um, And it's me trying to execute that. It doesn't doesn't really matter about anyone else. I'm just going to try and do that. And you can stand stand on the start line feeling confident about that for a start and then mm-hmm. and then and then in terms of pre-race nerves like a pre-race plan is really important what time are we going to get out of bed what am we going to eat for breakfast what time are we going to leave for the start line because you don't want to be standing on the start line three hours early and shivering and cold um and getting more nervous so just mm-hmm. arrive when you need to arrive with enough time to spare and and, and i'm going to have time to go to the toilet and this and that so mm-hmm. so that helps and that's a plan that's practiced as well so so I used to. I, I've worked with a person that um, that she thought it was normal to throw up uh, in the morning because I'm so nervous or at the start line because I'm just so nervous and my oh, breakfast my just goes straight back up again. So, uh, so the way we dealt with that was right. We're going to practice the time. We're going to get out of bed and we're going to practice and develop this pre-race plan. Uh, and then she had a great day and she just had to go through step by step. You don't have to think about anything more than just doing the the little bit that you need to do that's in front of you right now and, and sort of. For me to have taken that um, in the last year or so to say that, okay, well, I'm eating my breakfast. All I need to do is eat my breakfast as best as I possibly can. I'm putting my shoes on before I sort of head out the door. Okay, I just all I need to do is this, um, just doing each little step at a time and not getting too far ahead of yourself um, because, because otherwise that's when you start going round and round, um, driving to the start line or whatever. Actually, I'm just going to enjoy this bit right now because that's all I need to do right now. The other bit will take care of itself when I get there. So I think that sort of being present where you are right now with a plan of knowing that I've got that organised and sorted, um, it makes a big difference just to, just to breathe and remember that I've done as best as I can in my preparation and, and then, then just to walk forward to that challenge, really. That's the key bit. And then, and then you, it's a chance to test yourself and see how good you can go.
0: Mm-hmm. Great advice and do you find for yourself that's what you would action as well and that's how you manage with your own nerves when you're lining up for coast to coast and yeah
1: yeah yeah yep 100 percent exactly that and I think that's one thing for me um, that's good to be like I've, I've been sort of competitive and pointy into fields in the past and in the last couple of years I've, I've sort of got back into that just be, like I think we're better as coaches if we're if we're competing not whatever level we're competing at but just training and competing and experiencing and and sussing things out and learning things mm-hmm. um and then we can sort of help uh guide and pass that sort of extra learning on about whatever we're sort of thinking about because you're wanting to try and do your best as well so mm-hmm. so yeah that 100 is exactly what i what i'll do i'll have a plan and i'll um and and sort of go through that same process but yeah nerves are I guess it's embracing those nerves. They're mm. not bad. They're just just part of the process. And and if, if you're not nervous, um, you're probably not ready because you're not really you don't care much as much about it. So mm. knowing that that nerves are good will help you know that the, they're okay and and not getting worried about them. Yeah, it's un, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Standing on the start line. At some place that like, you'd you'd much rather be. That photographer taking photos or the support <laughs> crew sitting at the end sort of thing or whatever at that particular moment, but you know when you, and, and the worst part of any event for me is still getting out of bed in the morning. Mm. I'd still, like at 4 a.m. when the love goes off, I'm like, why am I doing this, this is stupid. <laughs> um, but but once you get to the finish line and, and relax and you've given your best and whatever you've gone, gone right or wrong, you've got a war story to tell about it and you can relax and, and just chill out for a bit. It's, it's it's a super cool feeling, but but yeah, getting out of bed in the morning, still, still haven't figured that one out just yet.
0: Mm. yes and so great to have coaches who walk the talk and you know get out there do it themselves and you know been there done that have that real life experience of racing and yeah i'm sure a lot of your clients really appreciate that
1: Mm, yeah yeah that's good fun as well it's good to be part of it for everyone else and and, uh, give a few high fives out and things along the way
0: yeah so just conscious of your time i know you're a very busy man but just um last few questions so what's sort of next for you given coast to coast is on hold for a little bit what have you got lined up in the next few months
1: mm, that's a very good question <laughs> i'm not sure well actually of uh, last minute um i am heading up to Rotorua on saturday uh for the waka 100 so i was originally planning in october to do that that event as a um to 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 do that let's one of our key events with the Waka 100, super cool mountain bike race up in Rotorua, basically for riding every track in the forest, which is really cool. So And it's just fun as well. So I was going to do the, the new 100 mile event in, in uh, October, but that got cancelled due to COVID and it's, it's been postponed to this weekend and I've got um, awesome systems in place. So I really want to go and support that uh, event going ahead this weekend. Um, I was going to do the 100 miler again, but... It starts at five am in the morning, and looking at the last flight out of Rotorua is five thirty. And I was talking to I talked to Tim, the race organizer. Do you reckon I could finish hundred miler in time to get my flight to make sure I can get back home again? So. Um, the family could go to school and, and to get to get to work, to, to get to work, etc. And he basically said our uh, uh, chances were slim. So I was like, oh <laughs> could I start earlier? Could I start at three or four in the morning? So see if I can get it done in time. Uh, so I've, I've taken the taken the safe route and uh I'm gonna do the hundred K event on the weekend. So that's sort of the first thing which will be which will be fun to put a bit of fitness that I've that I've got at the moment sort of into practice and, and go and give that a bit of a nudge. And um, yeah after that I'm not too sure really. I Haven't really got to any other events as such lined up um, we'll just sort of see what happens and how everything unfolds And um, but still super keen to I've got a couple of um, sort of I guess tramping running sort of trips I've been quite keen to do across Arthur's Park and bits and pieces in the next wee while so just sort of uh, yeah, with the family, getting getting that organised, and we are just on the West Coast Wilderness Trail. One other one we want to do is um, walk the Abel Tasman Walkway with the with the family, so you can get the, the boat to take your bags to the next spot, and um, and that should be quite a cool adventure to do as well. So a bit of bit of my own stuff, bit of bit of family stuff, and um, and uh, yeah, just keeping on ticking along.
0: Sounds great. I didn't know you're in Waka this weekend. That's awesome. Very
1: very yeah, cool. Like it was, only, <laughs> it was only like yesterday or the day before. I was like okay, right? I think we can make this work with accommodation and flights and an entry and stuff like that. So very, very, very last minute, but we'll go and uh, uh, yeah, go and uh, go and give it, a, give it, um, have some fun up there and um, and and uh, support those guys doing a great job putting an event on in very, very, very difficult circumstances.
0: Mm. Oh, good on you. And in mm. such turbulent times, I think we've just got to embrace any race that is going ahead and just <laughs> give it a crack because, you know, things are just changing so much day to day.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Be safe. Uh, don't be silly about it. But but mm. um, yeah, be, yeah, exactly. Um, th- have adventures. Take the opportunity to do that. Um, share it with good people and and, um, and make sure you have some fun along the way.
0: Yeah, oh well, all the very best for that. I hope to see some photos and yeah, hear how it goes. Sounds great. Yeah, hopefully
1: there's not uh, not a not a picture of me crashing into the creek again, um, like it was. I think most people on Instagram will know that that's, uh, that <laughs> happened a couple of years ago. Um, so I will try and take the jump uh, at the end and try and clear that creek. Uh, I did that a couple of years ago. When the whole reason for going back a second time was to was to jump that creek crossing, and I did that. And uh, and for some reason, I got no no idea why there was no photo evidence of that particular moment that I cleared that creek crossing rather than going headfirst first into it. So. I'm gonna have another crack at that. Maybe have to get my own photographer there to take um, take the photo of. Hopefully, in success. <laughs> I
0: think that first photo though
1: is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, going swimming through the creek, not ideal. Straight over the head of us. Lots of people that have appreciated that over the last couple of years, which is good. Yeah. Cool. Gold. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome well look i would love to have you back on the podcast at another time you're just a wealth of knowledge and yeah it's been awesome to have some of your time this morning to just discuss through a few things and coast to coast and your own journey and team cp so thanks so much richard i really appreciate it
1: yeah no and and well done doing everything you do as well because you're doing a great job and um yeah great to be able to share and hopefully that's that's
0: of use yeah it's awesome to be part of the team
1: yeah well done
0: Awesome. awesome okay talk soon rich Thanks, guys. So See ya. Yeah, bye.